Good morning, party people, and welcome to Disrupt You. My name is Lachey Mathis, and I'm a life coach working in higher education, and I have a wonderful, lovely, fantastic co-host named... I'm Dr. Dustin York. Happy Yay! Monday, Lachey. How are you? Happy Monday. I am good. I am good. I am on the last week of my online class for grad school. I still have more classes after this, but... This first eight weeks, I don't know, it's maybe that whole like seasonal, like getting colder. I don't know. It's been rough, but I got through. We're looking good. We're at the end of the tunnel, the road, whatever it's called. <laughs> you got this. You <laughs> got this. You? Okay. Man. How are you doing? I, all is well. Hey, the, it's starting to get warm outside. It's got good very energy. confusing. <laughs> very confusing. Good energy in the air. We're getting uh, about midway through the semester of the 16-week semester. We got the juices flowing. It's good stuff. I mean, not to like say that March is the best month, but your girl is turning 30, flirty, and thriving soon. Next week, everybody, if you want to Venmo me some birthday money. I'm just kidding. But yes, my birthday is next week. So I say the whole month of March is my birthday month. (laughs) As you should. As you should. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. So today we are going to do things a little bit differently. Everybody buckle up. Click, click. Um, So usually we talk about like Gen Z professional development in the first half, and then we talk about our innovations in higher ed in the second half. Today we're gonna do a little flippy floppy. And I wanna dive in today into talking about um, if Google becomes a big university, what is their mascot? <laughs> That's not exactly what I wanna talk about, but Dustin and I have been talking about um, big tech becoming its own university. And although I'm super concerned about like what that looks like, I also wanna know like, what is Google's mascot gonna be? What is Amazon's mascot going to be? Is Apple still going to be an Apple? Is it going to look really sleek? What is it going to light up? I have questions, but (laughs) Dustin, I know it's not what you're thinking about when you think about big tech and higher education. Tell me what you're thinking. Where where is your head at? Yeah. And I think, first of all, um, a little foreshadowing. When you say there's, there's bad side of it too, there is bad side, but I think it's going to be a game changer. I think it's going to, okay. I think it's going to happen. There's going to be a Google university, Apple, Amazon. I think big tech is going to fight for this industry. Right. And okay. because not because they need to, for the best of civilization, right. Mm-hmm. And to better educate. No, they don't, they're not doing it for that. That's probably going to be the read. That's what they're going to say. Right. But here we're going to talk about finances. Lachey. These big co- Amazon, Apple, Google, mm-hmm. look at their stock price. How are they going to increase the stock price of right. those businesses without going into big whale hunting areas? You can take on healthcare, which Amazon's right. doing. You can take on military contracts. Wait, let's pause for the cause. I don't think everybody yeah. knows what Amazon is doing for in the space of healthcare. Yeah, their own pharmacy. So in 2020, they, they came out with their own pharmacy, Amazon okay. Pharmacy. They're disrupting the healthcare industry. There's really two industries that are ripe for disruption because okay. of inflation and because of recent trends. Healthcare is number one. That's the okay. top of the list. And higher ed is number two on that okay. list. So All Amazon's right. already knocking on the on the healthcare. No, but... no, no, it's me, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want so to Amazon company, is disrupting healthcare to. already. Yeah, you have to if you're one of those big companies to increase your stock price. Otherwise, right. all your investors are just going to go to smaller tech companies to increase their their stock valuation. So, from the, the tech side, they have to do it. Financially, they have to get into higher ed. Someone has okay. to. 
from the university side, what can we, can we partner with these big tech companies? Mm-hmm. I think there's opportunities here because when you talk about scaling online, mm-hmm. I, I teach online. A lot of my colleagues teach online. At the end of the day, do we all need to be in this field of online together? Can we scale right. this? Technology right. can scale online like no other. So right. Shay, what if you teach a comm class, right? Mm-hmm. And you're the best comm professor. You are amazing. You are a rock star. Flip, the flip, question, hair, hair. <laughs> Google can scale you. Right. Right? How, how can we get thousands of students learning from Lachey supported mm. by AI on the back end that Google allows you to do that right. provides students the best professor, no matter if they're Nevada or Wisconsin, right. the best professor based by backed by personalized AI and machine learning. Now this is kind of future wise. What do you think about this? I know you're someone who's kind of on the fence. I am on the on- fence. And it's not because I, I'm deter- you know, still trying to figure out what is Apple's mascot going to be. I mean, that is important <laughs> to me, but I, I think it's a great idea. I think we're obviously moving in a way. And we talked about this like the first week we talked of our podcast. We talked about, you know, if we, if we use TikTok for our syllabus, I'm still waiting to see how that's going for people. But I think there's definitely some opportunities there. Is it like, a big school partners with Google or is it like how like Capella University is just, I'm pretty sure Capella is only an online school. I mean, based on their commercials, I'm guessing that. And so is it like Google mixes with Harvard? Cause Google has a campus and Google is an experience within itself, but are we only wanting that to be, we are only online here with Harvard and Google? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I guess think, is my question. I think the easiest way is probably just to partner with a school. It is... Okay. Google at fill in the blank university, Apple at whatever university. But I think there's also this opportunity. There's a, and how to logistically make this possible. But let's be honest, every university in the entire US has anywhere from eight to 15 rock stars. And mm-hmm. now this is going to be a triggering statement right here, but I mean, I, the I, think, I think that you're, I think that you're like your go-to lately. You're like, Hey everybody, psst, uh, it's going to be triggering. This is going to be upsetting. There's some ugly words. <laughs> hey, that's what we're doing on the podcast, right? Let's say we we're, we're throwing bows. We're throwing bows. <laughs> so okay, keep going. of those eight to 15, if we're Google, is there a way where we can get the eight to 15 from multiple schools and mm. bring in those? So then our entire roster, are right. the rock stars. Now, every university mm. says all of our faculty are amazing. Yeah, I get what you're saying. But right. everyone subconsciously, even if you're not talking about it outwardly, there are the echelon, right? right. They're doing new things constantly and pushing the envelope and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Can you do it that way? I don't know. What, do, what do you think? So I actually, hello, grad school coming into play. So I'm actually right now, I just finished a paper on um, the knowledge gap theory and how people in a higher socioeconomic status are provided more opportunities, better education, things like that. And people in the lower end of the socioeconomic status, they have um, not as great education and not as, taught as many opportunities, things like that. Um, and so a big piece of that for me is like thinking about like, how are we helping support our students, right? So let's say Google does become a school. Um, I think sometimes the initial reaction be like, okay, we, if Google is like, whether it's partnered with Harvard or not, like who is Google targeting for their recruitment, mm-hmm. right? Everybody, like everybody loves the idea of like interning at Google based on what, you know, we hear um, and Disney and places like that. But are we purposely recruiting the students that are in the lower socioeconomic status space 
to go to these institutions, these institutions, whether they be online or they be, maybe it's a little bit of everything, right? Maybe you go to Harvard for a part of your career, your college career. Maybe you go to Google, maybe you are virtual or online for part of it. I think it's um, a really cool opportunity. My biggest thing is um, I would love to see our focus on first generation students, students of color, mm -hmm. women in STEM, different things like that um, for these schools. And whenever they're looking at that, looking and saying, okay, we know that there's you know some charter schools that already offer these things. Keep affording those opportunities for those students, but also bringing in these other students who maybe they don't know different things, right? They don't have these opportunities. Um, I think is really important. So I'm down, I'm down to clown with the idea of big companies. I really hope that Disney also, you know, throws their hat in the ring. They already have that college program that like people are obsessed with, like mm -hmm. all those memes that are like, um, Hey, I did the Disney college program. You probably know, cause I told you 10 times, but I've never met anybody who like at some point is not shared with me that they did the Disney college program. I don't know what it is about the experience. I've never done it, but mm -hmm. tell me if I'm wrong. Do you know anybody who's on the college program and not told you about it a bunch of times? Only good things. Only, Only good things. things. Right. Yes. I've never heard anyone be like, oh, my experience was not great. Everyone's like, it was the best thing in my life. It's the 15 skills I learned. Here's what we did at Disney. And I'm like, and people who went like 10 years ago are still using that. And so I think if Google, Amazon, Disney, Apple could figure out how to also do that for themselves, then I think they're setting themselves up for success when it comes to the online Maybe not Harvard, maybe Harvard, I don't know, but an online format like that. And I love what you're saying about the equity factor. I mean, this hits equity right on the on the nail because at the end of the day, every industry in the U.S., 90 to 90, 99% of leaders have a college degree in every industry. Right. Somewhere between 90 and 99 of the leaders have. However, only a third of U.S. citizens have a college degree. Right. There's an issue here, right? Correct. And when we start scaling, Technology in every industry has come in, the majority of industries have come in and de decreased the price. Right. When big tech gets into building TVs, TVs are cheap. Right. <laughs> when big tech gets into e-commerce, look at Amazon, things get right. cheap. So I think this could be this equity uh, situation where big tech infusion of these opportunities can increase that, that, uh, that gap that we're seeing. Here's my challenge for you. What does it mean to go to go to do? to go to school for Google instead of just doing an internship at Google mm. instead of doing a Disney internship because I can just be like well or is that what it is like is it like it's guaranteed like here you're I mean I don't know anybody who finishes in four years anymore I, maybe you did I did not I like, took my victory lap I was a part of Legally Blonde the musical that last year I was crushing it um but is it like all right your first two years you're in a traditional college set, space and setting then your next two years, you are interning in like, because you know how I feel. I think that you need to be working. I'm not saying you need to be like, we work hard for the money, like every single day. But I think that hands-on experience is a very quick indicator of like, whoa, here's what I need to do in order to be better and to grow and be my best self. So, you know, what, is that, what does that look like? It's different from like, oh, I got an internship at Google to like, I went to school, half Google, half Harvard. Yeah, I think you hit on that on that four year piece. <laughs> this idea that college is four years and you start when you're 18 and you finish, that is outdated. And we have to get away from that altogether. We have mm -hmm. to stop thinking about college in this, okay, this semester I'm taking all these classes and then I always get an internship my junior year. And then I, like it's, we have to get away of that, that model of time. 
I think yeah. one of the biggest disruptor when it comes to edu- higher education right now is time. Time mm. is the th- is the beginner and the end of the disruption of higher ed. How can we we change that time up? Yeah, no, I agree. I've been working with a lot of my students and it's getting to be that time. I'm really looking forward to the podcast that we're going to talk about down the line about getting ready to graduate and things like that. But we're starting to get in that time where my, my senior students are like, oh my gosh, I'm graduating and everybody is doing something without me and I don't have a job yet and I'm freaking out. And so, um, no, I think that's a great, a great point because even if you, I think even if you did every single thing to feel prepared, I still think you'd feel like I'm still unprepared. Yeah. And so, yeah. And put, put it out there before I know, I know we need to move on to our next topic. But the last thing, there's also a negative, which you led with, foreshadowed to begin with. There is negative. When mm-hmm. tech does come in, I mean, Amazon is amazing. And it's, I mean, one, in my opinion, the best business ever mm-hmm. in history. That's saying a lot, right? With Rockefeller and whatnot. That's saying a lot from you too. Yeah. <laughs> Dustin's trying to get sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> it's a disruptive like no, but they have not done very well with labor unions, with workforce. No. They've had no. a lot of issues there. So you are capitalizing. It's a capitalistic process. You're trying to bring mm-hmm. into higher ed. We know that private universities that are for profit do not work very well. <laughs> right. right, right. We don't see that kind of thing work with um, what, what's that? Uh, Arizona Phoenix, mm-hmm. right? We yes. see those kind of things with Arizona Phoenix of being for profit. It just doesn't work well. So there is an issue and we have to figure out if this happened, what would happen with that uh, capitalistic approach to higher ed? So yeah, absolutely. Not all Last perfect. thing about the mascots. I'm sorry. I'm really passionate about this. Oh, so yes. the only mascot I could determine is like the smiley face for Amazon. And there's this easy, right? Cause it's like this little swoop smile and like, they can like use like swoop, there it is. And so they would change whoop to swoop, there it is for their, for their, like when they go out for like basketball games and stuff. <laughs> so um, that is it. my thought on that. So we touched on it a little bit, how my students are like freaking out because they are getting ready to, you know, dive into graduation. Um, so for today's professional development, focusing on Gen Z, but also just focusing on everybody. I want to talk about interviewing. So with that, Dustin, I want you to think about a very, maybe not a weird interview that you've either experienced or you were like, you walked out and you were like, that, that felt off. That felt weird. Do you have any, like, you don't, you don't have to have into the whole story, but do you have any like quick little pieces of that, that you were like, that was weird. I'd say my first and on location interview for an agency for mm-hmm. um, Stratcom PR agency it was I was blown away because it was so informal. I think the informality, people with their, their feet on the desk, like on their yes. table and whatnot. I'm like, what is going on here? I yeah. loved it, but it was definitely a surprise. What about you? Yeah, so I have a couple. So one of them, I, and and so the thing is this, like some places like try to test you mm-hmm. and they're like, so I was supposed to meet with the manager or like the boss at like three o'clock and I get there and like, oh, sorry, he's busy right now, but I can meet with you. And you're like, okay. I met with other people for an hour and a half. Now I wasn't sure if that was like a test to see like how I would interact with people. Mm. Um, but it felt like a test. So, I mean, luckily I got along with everybody and it was like still fine. But by the time I got to interview with him, I was like, wait, what is going on? And so, and like, one of the questions I was like first asked was like, who's somebody in your life that like, I need to have dinner with to like, get to know you better. And I was like, but not like a significant other or family member. And I was like, 
okay. So it was, I mean, I think you prepare for these questions like what are your greatest strengths and greatest weaknesses? Um, how, how are you a team player? But like when somebody asks you that or like, if you had to think about the philosophy of like the crayon, what would you say? And you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and so, I mean, I've been on interviews like that. I also was interviewed for a, a large, large pyramid scheme. Um, and <laughs> I was like, okay, this sounds so great. But when you're first working, you don't know what you're, you're saying. I just want to get out here and get a job. Mm-hmm. And then I like, for by the third round, they were like, if you sign today, we'll give you $1,500. And I was like, wow, this sounds great, <laughs> but I haven't done anything. Like, and it's not even like, I know you get bonuses when you apply for jobs, but like, not for, not for what I was looking at doing. And I was like, first out of college, like I wasn't bringing any skills to the table yet. Um, but I want to talk about on the other side of that, what are some things that when you, I assume you interview a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So what are some things that you, that stand out to you positively whenever you're interviewing other people? Yeah, like I think, what are you looking for? I think, you know, people, when they come in and interview, they, they flush out those, those stories, right? Mm. Every single answer, you always give a story and you show some of that person because we all know Lachey and when an interview, we're all fake, right? <laughs> Let's not lie. We're all okay, fake. I don't think that's true, but okay. <laughs> we're faking the best parts of ourselves. So I try to get like, who are you really? right? Is right. this something you're truly passionate about? Is this a job to pay the bills? Like what's your goals moving forward? If I can get some of that, I'll tell you one trick that, that we used to use at our agency. Let me know what you think about this. On our last interview, right? It's multiple steps. It's like five right. interviews, right? The last interview, we take you to lunch. Take you to lunch. And it, okay. it wasn't the questions. It was just a, you know, an informal kind of conversation. What mm-hmm. we would do every single time is we would tell the waiter or waitress, whoever sits here, which would be the person that's going to be interviewed, whatever they order to drink, bring them something that looks completely different. So they order water, give them a soda, give them, if they order soda, bring them a water, right? Okay. So they, you say, Lachey, you're, <laughs> I'm literally cringing a little bit. Keep going. <laughs> so Lachey, you're being interviewed and you order know, a water and they bring uh-huh. you Dr. Pepper. What do you do? Um, what do you do? I, mean, I don't mind Dr. Pepper. Um, I guess I'm going to see the mood I'm in. I, I would, I, mean, I might drink it, but I also might be like, Hey, I was also hoping I could get a water as well. I wouldn't be like flips table. I'm so-, <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably my thought process. It just probably also asking like, whenever they get a chance, like, Hey, can I also get a water as well? See, that's why you're good people. That's why you're good people. Lachey. That's why I do a podcast yeah. with you. We'd- oh, thank you. <laughs> we would have people talk down to the wait staff. Oh. Or the other side, they wouldn't say anything at all. And then we would think, okay, they're obviously putting on a fake persona. They might be or- nervous or sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sweaty <laughs> just generally just generally <laughs> um what about you your pro, pro tip Lisha. give me yeah. something pro i'm I, i'm about to go interview uh to be the next jason Bourne, and um what do i need for that interview i think the this is a tangible thing i think everybody can walk away with is i this is a very first round interview right when you walk in and they're like hey dustin tell us about yourself a lot of people just regurgitate what's on their resume. Mm. They're like, yeah, I'm Dustin, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, cool, I already read that. Mm-hmm. So tangible step, in my opinion, I like make it like a little sandwich, right? So you're like, yes, like I'm Lachey. Um, education, like I went to X, Y, Z school. My degrees are in this. Um, in my free time, I like to dance or work out or whatever, uh, some of my goals are X, Y, Z or whatever. And then 
ending it with something like fun about you. Like, oh, and I have a dog named Ruthie that I love. And I like to end it with that because you guys can't see Dustin, but Dustin just smiled when I said that. So a couple of things are happening now in that person's head. They're thinking, okay, this person's a dog person, love them. Even if they're not a dog person, they're like, okay, well now I know like a little bit more about who Lachey is. Um, and not just because let's be honest, you sometimes most likely spend more time with people at work than you do with your family. Mm-hmm. So if I don't want to sit and hang out with that person or they don't want to sit and hang out with me, it's, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to love everybody at your job, but it's important that they see you as not just an employee in my brain, mm-hmm. right? That they see like, oh, if Lachey came here, like, I know, like, we can talk about our love for dogs or like while we're like doing whatever next project we have. So I think always showing that you are a person, even if you're nervous, I tell my students this all the time, even if you're nervous, just saying a couple of things about who you are that are not on your resume. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people are like, but like, they don't care about that. And I'm like, and maybe not everybody does, but for me, that's important that I want to work somewhere that cares about who I am as a person, which I talked about last week. Yeah. I think it so, comes back to the culture fit we were, we were talking about. Like you're yeah. also interviewing them. Like, is this Correct. the place that I could see myself? I, I think a job is three years. You're going to commit to this job for three years and the company is going to commit to you for at least three years. I think right. you, you have to see if it's the right fit for you. Yeah. I also have a question for you. So hmm. a long time ago, some a long time ago, back, back in the day, somebody told me if you're ever in an interview to act and you feel really confident about it to ask the question, is there anything about my resume that concerns you or anything you're worried about when it comes to hiring me? So I did do that for this job. I didn't do it for any other jobs I interviewed for because I felt like this is the fit. It kind of like if someone like, if like my job was my career job was to like ghost me and not tell me like why I didn't get it. It's kind of nice to know like what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that comes across like too cocky? Do you think it comes across as like, I want, I, you know, like I want to address anything that maybe you haven't asked questions about yet. What are your thoughts? Oh, I love the question. Yeah. Um, first, whatever you do, don't say when they ask, if you have questions, say no. Oh yeah. <laughs> don't do that. Thing. But yeah. You I always think have a question. You always, I think it's great. <laughs> especially even for me, for the interview itself, not just the resume, but the interview, is there any questions that, that would, you know, bring into question my candidacy absolutely perfect yeah. perfect piece here's yeah. here's one other pro tip pro level on the front end like have the opposite of that one the front end when you first go somewhere right when you come in and the you talk to the office manager right mm-hmm. the office manager secretary receptionist whoever that person is talk to that person right, right. because that person has the most power let's show you know this if yep. my office manager is out i don't know i mean i i've i don't know how to You're do like, a lot of stuff going on with my life right so <laughs> After you say, hey, I'm here for a meeting for with Lachey, and that office manager says, he or she says, oh, thank you so much. I'll let know, Lachey know you're here. Please have a seat. Do not, let me repeat, do not have a seat. <laughs> you should talk to that person because yes. that office manager is the holder of the culture of that organization, at least that department, right. Right? right? So if I could get a recommendation from anyone, I would want a recommendation from the office manager, the receptionist, yeah. the secretary. So yeah. talk that person up. And make sure you're like talking to them authentically, right? You're not just like, okay, so you have grandchildren on your desk, I see. What did you do this weekend? And they're like, whoa, right? Like you can keep it very simple. It's just making the effort. I know we're we're all nervous when it comes to interviewing. My last tip before we hop off today is gonna be backpacking or piggybacking on what Dustin just said about always ask a question and do your research. I cannot say this enough, do your research. And I know sometimes you're like, oh, I saw a couple of things. I want you to, I want you to pretend like this is an ex that you're creeping on or someone you're getting ready to date. Like you need to get in there. Like, you know, what is their mission statement? How do they feel about diversity and inclusion? How, what are the opportunities? Like, 
I like when you're looking around the room and if someone's like, oh, I've worked here for five years asking, hey, Jimmy, what has made you stay here for five years? Why do you like your experience here so much? Um, oh, I saw on your mission statement, this is important to you all. How are you living that every day? Those kinds of questions are gonna make you stand out instead of just being like, hey, um, no, I don't have any questions. Cause then they're like, oh, okay, you're a know-it-all or they don't think you're interested. So I want you to deep dive, creep on these things and do your thing. That is all we have for Disrupt You today. We hope that you feel energized on this Monday, that you're ready to disrupt the workforce and higher education. And yeah. And let me know what you think the mascots are going to be for Google, Amazon, and Apple. Thank you all for coming today. See you later.